0: A lot of times people's frustration and their dissatisfaction in life and career is that they're taking their energy and they're focusing on things outside of their control. That is what we would call the circle of concern. So whenever you're in a situation that's a challenge, you reframe your thinking and say, what can I do about it? Well, the only thing I can control is my response to any given situation. That is the most empowering thing as you channel through your journey and your career. If you stay centered on that thought process, you stay proactive, you stay who you are, and you move through in that way, you can drive more positive change when you focus on your response to any given situation.
1: I'm Jill Avey, a career success coach, and this is Sister Smart Leadership, the show that explores how women can rise from director to vice president and beyond by fully leaning into their feminine energy as their biggest advantage. Let's get you one step closer to the recognition and promotion you deserve. I'm really excited about this conversation with Beth DiPaolo today. We are going to be talking about the seas to help you sail through your career journey. So let me introduce you to Beth first. She's a champion of people and creating positivity cultures, but they must also strategically serve and delight clients. She's a real people-first leader and is dedicated to improving and saving lives and the positive welfare of people. She's had an impressive career with Eurofins, a leader in testing for life with over 60,000 employees in 60 countries. So Beth has risen all the way to serve on the Group Operating Council as the global head of the Professional Scientific Services, also called PSS. This is an award-winning business that she began over 20 years ago. And in addition, she's the head of Equality Driving Excellence, which is the company's DEI program. And she's also a member of Fortune's Most Powerful Women and the Women Business Leaders in Healthcare. So thanks for joining me today. We're going to talk through the seas that help you sail through your career journey. And so I
0: would love to hear a little bit about how you came up with this roadmap. Sounds great. You know, it's funny when I was thinking of our conversation and I was thinking about our audience here, and I'm excited to be with you all here today to talk about this. I was thinking about, well, what helped facilitate my journey. And I thought about the first word right away, contribution. And then I started to think about, well, my core, what my center. And then I thought about my compass and my map. And then I thought about my confidence. And it started to evolve into seas. So I'm happy to share what I think are the high seas to help navigate the waters to your sea level or your next level in leaderships. So the first one that really came to mind throughout my whole career is contribution contribution has been my driving force. I believe that in any role, especially in leadership, it's all about making a positive difference and an impact. And it's about contribution. The key things about contribution for me have been, am I making a positive impact and by helping facilitate positive change, company, culture, career growth for others. And obviously the outcome of that is your own growth. But I really want people to think about the importance of when you're contributing, you're contributing for the greater good, the we. And when you do that, it helps facilitate you. But if you only focus on contribution about you, it will not serve you well or others, you'll fail. So I'd say contribution and I love making a positive difference and contributing. And that has just facilitated my growth. That's fantastic. And I
1: think you're also bringing up that it can't only be contribution that we need to think about ourselves too.
0: And how are we getting
1: recognized and moving ahead as well? So there's a real balance there.
0: It is. And, you know, I think about my journey now, I'm almost 40 years in, in my career. And when I look back, I had the opportunity to really be influenced by many, many mentors and and coaches, if you will. That's another C. And counseling, which is another C. But I'd say the biggest mentor or the biggest mentor group in my life have been authors and books. And so the seven habits of highly effective people, which I read back in the 90s, really helped me begin with the end in mind Mm. and looking at who I am. So what is my core? What is my center? What's important to me? And if I look at my life and want to say, begin with the end in mind, I become principled in my decision-making and that is my core. Then the, the roadmap I design, which is beginning with the end in mind, the end game, then I have what is I would call a compass. And it's sort of like the lighthouse. It's always my direction through whatever situation, challenge, it's your value system, it's your principle. And so you really want to be reflective of who you are, What is your core? What is your center? So you don't react as much as proact as you move through what's most important. So when you think about what's within your control, okay, versus your concern, which is out of seven habits, right? A lot of times people's frustration and their dissatisfaction and in life and career is that they're taking their energy and they're focusing on things outside of their control. Yes. Okay. And that is what we would call the circle of concern. So whenever you're in a situation that's a challenge, you reframe your thinking and say, what can I do about it? Well, the only thing I can control is my response to any given situation, right? Man's Search for Meaning, another book, Victor right. Frankl, the author. I love that book. It's one of my favorites because it's talking about liberty, which is a condition of your environment, which is the concern, and then freedom, which is your freedom to choose any response in any given situation. That is the most empowering thing as you channel through your journey and your career. if you stay centered on that thought process, you stay proactive, you stay who you are and you move through in that way you can drive more positive change when you focus on your response to any given situation than when you try to put your energy outside that One of my favorite sayings is, and you know I, I go with the seas and you think about water and seas, the core of you is below the waterline. and many of the seas of career journey are just self- work below the water, the mm-hmm. water itself. And so my favorite saying, and I've said this for decades now, is I cannot control the wind, but I can learn to adjust my sails. And that is wow. a quote that came from a few people, but I've been using it and crafting it throughout my journey. Is okay, how do I adjust my sails? What can I do too? And that's really that agility to keep yourself nimble as you move through things.
1: I love how you're talking about this, the self awareness piece and really understanding who you are. I say this a lot. It's the first thing we start with in the Sister Smart program because we walk around in this body all day, but we don't necessarily know ourselves, you know, right. and we don't really understand how we tick. And so it's really helpful to go
0: through that process in a formal way. Yeah. When you think about self awareness, which is number one, know thyself. Anytime you're developing your leadership skills, you need to start with, begin with who you are. And it doesn't have to be perfect. I joke and say I'm a recovering perfectionist, perfectly imperfect. But that doesn't mean that, you know, you don't have to be perfect and do everything well, but you have to know your strengths. When I think about that from a leadership development standpoint, there's a a few things. Number one is course correction. Well, confidence. So before you begin that journey, you have to believe in yourself enough to know it's okay not to be perfect. To stay authentic, right? And and so when you think about knowing yourself, when it comes to course correction, so so confidence is not ego and it's not being full of yourself, over boasting. It's being confident enough in your skin to know that in any given situation. You believe in yourself and your abilities enough to figure it out. A lot of times women in particular feel like they have to know everything and have it all sorted and graduate the class before they even apply for the job. And studies show that men tend to do, raise their hand before they actually have perfected those skills. So one of the things I would encourage Sister Smart audience to think about is self efficacy a confidence in yourself and a belief in yourself that you'll figure it out. And you have enough, especially at this level in your career, enough already evidence of that. You know, it it sort of builds on itself, right? But that also means to understand that you're not perfect and good at everything. And you won't be. When I look at my strengths, if I put them in the shade, I'm a sundial in the shade. I'm in no use to anyone or myself. So I have to know my strengths and then I have to maximize. them. Now, with that said, a leader, and this gets into the next level of the stage of the three, the seas I would put into clusters that the water, which is your, yourself, and then the vehicle, which is your journey, your career or company. And then the larger scale, which is the world, right? And where the sea sits. The vehicle is the, the boat. And so when you think about that as your career, you think about, okay, well, if I get to know my, my strengths, I know myself, I realize that I have maybe some flaws, what well, you might call them or things that are my weaknesses and that's okay, right? I don't wanna ignore them, but I might wanna course correct. If you think about a trim tab on a right, boat right. and you're navigating through the waters, okay. I know in, in my career, I had a tendency to want to be liked and that maybe sometimes got in the way of me being effective. So if I know that's one of my four fatal fears or flaws and I, okay, I know that if I feel good enough about myself, then maybe that doesn't matter so much that Jill doesn't have to like me if I like
1: me yeah,
0: and that's okay. And I give Jill the room to not like who I am as long as I like who I am. So that's a really important way that I've, of course, corrected around that fatal flaw. And that brings me to another seat. I always, being someone who cares about contributing and helping people and wanting to be like, I would deprioritize my own care. And so I realized over the years of growing a business that I was like, I'll get to me, I'll get to me. And I so much got to the point where I neglected me that I became scared. I, I realized that, oh my gosh, how can I be available fully to serve anyone else if I don't take care of myself first. So I used to put caring others before caring self. Mm -hmm. And I would encourage all of you in this audience to reverse that and to start with self-care and self-love first, because it's not selfish. It's very smart. There's only you in order to take care of you. If you do that first, then you have the capacity and the well to care for others. So that is something that I really learned in the last year and a half. I made sure that I focused on my wellness. That takes me to counseling and coaching. So I've been a proponent of counseling in and out for my own personal benefit by choice over my career and my life. That has been my personal coach for my body, mind, and spirit. Because if I take care of my spirit, my heart, my head, it does affect my body. So I have lost, I'd say, over 30 pounds over the last year and a half without going on a diet but just by intentional self-love and self-care. And it's really sort of energized. My favorite story about Gandhi is a woman comes up to Gandhi and says, Gandhi, will you help my child stop eating sugar? And the lady, you know, is really hopeful. And Gandhi says, come back in a month. And so she goes away, she comes back. She asks again, Gandhi helps the child to stop eating sugar. The woman comes back over to Gandhi and says, thank you, but why did you make me wait a month? And Gandhi says, I too was eating sugar a month ago. And I thought about that from a wellness because I'm all about creating a culture, another C, that is caring of others, that's positive, that makes people feel safe and empowered to grow the company. But I thought if I'm asking them to be well and I'm not well, if I'm not prioritizing my wellness, how can I prioritize them? So I think it's important when you think about care you're also feeding your culture, yes, which yeah. is another C. And in order for you to drive positive change in your organization, which is, again, contribution, it's also about making sure your culture's healthy. And as a leader, you're responsible for that. And so I say it's like the creation, care, and feeding of people and culture. Are you creating a healthy culture? Is it one in which other people can thrive and contribute and, and empower and make a difference in your organization? Think about yourself as a composer of music. It's like the vision statement. What do I want the organization to look like? How do we wanna affect positive change? So I'm gonna compose it, I'm gonna draft it out. Then I need to construct it. I need to put together the team to make the music. I don't have to play every single instrument. I need to construct the, uh, the orchestra so that I have the right person in the right spot on the bus. Right. And then I can create the music. So the audience that you are serving in Sister Smart are already in a place where they're already leading and they want to get to the next level. What got you here won't get you there. So you need to be mindful of growing, constantly learning another C. You never graduate, constantly learning. That, okay, what got me here won't get me there. How do I have to reinvent or grow myself so that I have the skills and the muscles to continue to advance this organization in a way that's contributing and that I'm influencing, convincing others that I can contribute and make a positive impact through influence. So convincing is influencing. And that comes through credibility. To be credible in an organization, you really need to have confidence in others see. And incompetence is, okay, I know how to do this, but I also have character. People trust me to do this. So credibility is a combination of confidence and character. So I'm able to perform surgery and you trust me to perform it because I'm not doing it for just a financial gain. That I have integrity in making the suggestion to have the surgery. And then I'll deform the surgery. And by having the competence for, to perform the surgery and the integrity or the character to make the right decision if it's needed or not, I build credibility in my profession. I really and think And the surgery
1: is benefiting the whole organism,
0: not just right. you know, because you feel like it, you know. <laughs> right, exactly. You know, if I've never performed a surgery, but I'm a really honest person, you're like, okay, I like you, you have integrity, but I don't know if I trust you right. because, you know, you've never done a surgery. But if you've done thousands of them, not necessarily needed, am I going to trust you, even though you're really good at surgery? Right. So when you think about that and apply that to someone's career, you want to think about, okay, am I perceived as credible? Am I making a positive difference through my competence? Am I contributing competently? And have I done it in a way that that I've built trust through my character? And that's, again, my core, my compass, my value system. So... You know, a lot of different uh, ways to look at it, but I think it's important for people to think about making sure they're making a positive difference through care and through contribution, but constantly working on themselves, which means they have to have confidence to actually constantly grow, to stay current, relevant in learning. And I, I am reading every single day. I'm learning every day. Now,
1: confidence is an interesting one for women because I feel like it's multifaceted. Men can kind of do this fake it till you make it thing. And then they it just sort of comes along for them, I think. Or at least that's what it looks like from the outside. Studies, but, studies show that. Yeah. And I think for women, uh, you know, my whole program is designed around confidence. And I'd love to hear a little bit about
0: your journey with confidence as well. You know. As a female, we're talking to a female audience here. As a female, it's interesting when I have been perceived as too confident. There are some stereotypical labels that are mm-hmm. given to that. And I've always been a person that people actually didn't even trust that I was, are you really for real? They'd say, you're so positive. You're yes, so much, right? I'm like, yeah, this is who I am. I get that it's too. <laughs> it's authentic, you know? Yeah. But that's not going to stop me from not speaking in the room. Studies show, like even at the Supreme Court level in the United States, if you look at when women have shared and men have shared, and that goes to confidence, more times men are sharing. That's not been my case. I have a tendency to have to cover my mouth sometimes because I have just have a genuine desire to contribute. Yeah. And sometimes that can be overly confident and not giving room for people. And right. so my confidence is one of making sure I facilitate and gatekeep t- to make sure everyone's feeling the ability to feel confident. Was to, it always that way? Is my question. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? I've had imposter syndrome too. When I've gotten promoted, we'll we'll talk about this, okay? So when I got promoted, I was contributing and I growing a business, and it's like it's working, and you know, very client focused. So you know, I'm people and client focused. So. I'm growing this organization and it's organically double-digit organic growth. It's growing, growing, growing. It's going great. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to go negotiate on my own behalf. I read books on the subject because I'm really good about making sure I negotiate for you, Jill, but I've got to learn how to negotiate for me. Right. Sometimes I've gotten nervous and anxious. So I've literally read books on the subject. So I went in and I negotiated on the next level. And, and so my boss is like, well, I don't, you know, I'm like, okay, I'll come back and we're going to have this conversation in a year. Then I grew the business and okay, I just get promoted to vice president. I didn't have to convince the second time Hmm. in a year's time, but I got home. I called my husband. I said, hey, I've gone out for dinner tonight. So, so excited. I got promoted to vice president. Oh my (laughs) God. And so we went out for dinner and I'm like, I just want to celebrate this because this is it. I've arrived. And he said, what do you mean? I said, well, this is it. Ceiling, right? And he goes, What do you mean? You're going to become president. I said, What are you talking about? He goes, You're not done yet. Oh. And I went, really? I never thought that was a possibility for me. And it's not that I didn't believe in myself. And it wasn't because I didn't have confidence. I mean, I got here. But I was a little overwhelmed and a little like, oh my God. And I he planted the seed. And I just saw I saw something on Instagram this morning. It was a famous author, and he was talking about if there's one person in the world that believes in you. Yeah, mm-hmm. we don't do this alone. If there's one person that believes in you. And I thought about when I saw that video this morning and I thought about that moment and I mm-hmm. thought, OK, well, at that moment, I wasn't ready to be president. But what it told me was there was a possibility in my future to become that. And if I look back over my trajectory, all of you in the in the audience, look back over your life. OK, obviously, you're achievers or you wouldn't be here. OK, OK, you achieved and you achieved and you achieved. And you achieve. So, why wouldn't we be confident? Okay. And so, I would encourage you to think about using your past or predict your future. Think about even your failures, what you learned from them, and how that made you stronger and better so that you figured out how to do it better the next time.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it's so great to have those people, whether it's your family member, your husband, your, or a mentor. It was a mentor for me that said, no, you, you can go to Ivy League school. And I was like, what do you mean? I was the first kid to get a master's degree even. And he's like, no, awesome. no, no, like, you can do that. And and I did. And it, it was only because that person planted that seed for me that I was able to even see myself or dream that. And so that's a, something we can also do for others as well.
0: It's great. You know, I think about people that, you know, Susan Denny Hall, someone I know that you know who's a trusted friend and colleague. I call her a sister from a different mother. <laughs> um, we talk about sisters here, sister smart. But in her book, Decide Happy, which I read as a refresher and as a reminder, I was going through a hard time personally. And I reached out and we were talking about the losses of our parents and how that brought up all this family dynamic. And I was really in this spiral dealing with my family. And my friend, Susan, said, Beth, have you read the book yet? And I said, well, I haven't gotten through it yet. No, I haven't read it. She, I was waiting for my copy. She goes, go get the book, read it. And you're talking chapter, choose your people. Why Choose wisely, right? Mm-hmm. Choose your people. So that's all about community. And when you think about, You know, you're not alone Mm -hmm. when with the women that are in this room, we need to think about our community and choosing our people wisely are those people that believe in you, that are honest with you, that will share with you, even if it's a blind spot or an area that you need to develop. But it's so trusted and caring that they want the best for you and they're celebrating you and they're championing you and they're your cheerleader. All these C's, they're rising you up. They're helping you. It's safe and it's trusted and it's caring, right? And so I think it's really important to build a community like one you have. Yes. Help facilitate and help grow to be your very best to that potential in you. Because this is a community
1: you can just plug into. Like not everybody has those people in their life that are encouraging them like that or even at the right time and all of that. So it's a big part of what I do as a coach is just to encourage people and to believe in them and see their talent. I see how much they have to offer. And sometimes you just
0: need somebody to tell you that. (laughs) Yeah, and just a reminder to be your very best creative self. You know, this summer... I decided to really invest in some restorative work for me on my creativity side, because I believe that as leaders, especially senior leaders, you have to be creative. Mm -hmm. There's creative problem solving. There's creative innovation. There's creative culture building. There's creative care. And creative is like the way to do it innovatively, efficiently, faster, better, and, and also to fuel the juices on what's next. And... That's why this conversation was so impactful for me. So as I was figuring out how to craft a valuable message of care to the Sister Smart community, my creativity just started to to roll, and sure has. all these seeds started to pour out of me. And you know, now I have a draft of a message that I look forward to publishing on these ways in which we can, you know, the high seas to the C-suite, how we can work together and individually and collectively to actually make a positive difference.
1: One of the C's that I think you also have is a celebrate too. And
0: oh. that's something
1: that I don't know if we do enough of really.
0: Yeah. You know, celebration, when you think about celebration, you also think about championing. There's championing others, there's championing yourself. And along the way we must stop and pause to celebrate although i said we never graduate we have to make sure we take time to celebrate celebrate ourselves and our journey you know our wins and also others and that's the whole cheering others and celebrating and i believe in comedy as well i i believe in having fun while you work so there's a whole component of celebrating joyfully and so When you think about creating a culture of celebration, I don't know if you've ever heard of the fish philosophy. Yeah, It's okay, all right, have fun, right? Play while you work, be fully present. And in the culture that I've had the pleasure of building and fostering and growing and creating, a big part of that is reward and recognition. And it's making sure that people take the time to celebrate individually and collectively teams organizations, people that are making a positive difference and celebrating them. Mm -hmm. So it also creates a a culture of value and care that people realize that they are noticed and they are valued Mm -hmm. and they matter. You know, it's funny. I was talking to my husband about this conversation and I was saying how excited I was to meet you and to have this opportunity to talk with you and to your audience and and I said, you know, it really, it facilitated the C's. And I said, I'm just really excited about this. And he said, Beth, you know what your secret sauce is? I said, what? And, and Ed's a PhD analytical chemist, right? This is, he's not a <laughs> touchy-feely kind of guy in that way. But he said, you make people feel like they matter. Mm-hmm. No matter who they are, no matter where they are, the bus driver, the stranger, the employee, the CEO, the lab tech, the client, the patient, they all matter. And that's cause for celebration. And so when you think about celebrate, you want to think about genuinely making it so that people feel mattered. I mean, that's the outcome of celebration. It is. And it's so
1: easy to just run on to the next thing once you Mm -hmm. finish something and not take that moment, you know, and I'm always trying to get people to Stop at the end of each day, even, and think about what went well today, so that you can celebrate yourself. Because others are not going to notice as much as you will. And so, you know, you can even create your own journal that's just the things that went well, and it's beautiful. You end up with this whole book of of things that are positive. And right, does that pick you up when you have a down day?
0: Yeah, your daily affirmations and your daily gratitudes. Right, Mm -hmm. you know, taking the time to say who, what am I grateful for today? Yeah. And what can I celebrate today? It's yeah. funny, when I do my gratitudes, it, it's it. It was um, this is sort of a personal moment. And it sounds I'm a little even uncomfortable to share it, but it, I I think it's an important moment because I do daily gratitudes, and Susan talks about that in her book too. And I've done them on and off in of my life, and I take the moment to stop before I even get out of bed, and I ask myself, what am I grateful for from yesterday, today, and and one day recently in the last month, it, it popped in and it, it said, I'm grateful for me. Hmm. And I was yeah. like, that's really sort of like a celebration. And it, it caused me to pause and it was an immediate thing. And I felt a little uncomfortable at first, like, huh. like oh, am I allowed to say that? You know, yeah. And I'm like, wow, I finally graduated, If I, which you never graduate. That's another one of my saying. But if I finally put myself on the gratitude list, wow, I guess this investment of self-care first. Yes. Before you put your mask on, before you help others on the plane, right? Mm Self-care first, then you can facilitate that. So yeah, I think that's really, really important. Oh, yes. What a great
1: note to end on. I'm so Uh thankful to you for uh, making the time to come and talk to us today. Uh And it's been such a pleasure to get to know you. And I'm really looking forward to um, sharing this with our whole community.
0: Well, I'm grateful to you, Jill. And I'm grateful to your community. And it's my joy to truly help others and facilitate their success and their growth. So thank you for this opportunity. It's been really fun.
1: If you're ready to fully lean into your feminine leadership and get promoted from director to vice president and beyond, hit that subscribe button so you'll get all the episodes to come. And check out the recommended video here to see how women are rising up without playing by the old rules that built these male dominated industries and systems. If you're seeing just how differently women lead, and how by doing so, women leaders can gain influence, restore balance, and earn the recognition and promotions they deserve, I would love it if you left a rating and review. I read each one, and these reviews make it possible for me to reach more women leaders like you, so they can rise up as far as they'd like without getting stuck.